Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. One of the greatest Thundercats was a warrior lost through time, a general in Thundera's armies, his great-grandfather, Lord of the Thundercats. However, he's only been seen in the original series in spirit form, and despite being a Thundarian, he is immune to Thundranium. How is this possible? The Thundercats wiki has no idea. But this man, this cat, this Thundercat, he is Groon. And you can find him right here in the Doom Room. Rune? Well, I'm Alex. I'm Pete, and that's not true. He's not with us, but uh, he's not with us in this room. <laughs> I mean, his spirit is everywhere. The spirit of Grun is with us okay. at all times. All right, that's true. Including his immunity to Thundranium. Did you guess that, by the way? Did you guess that one? I felt like while I was writing that out, I was like, He's going to figure this one out. He knows. The yeah, I was, I was like, God, what the fuck was that name of the guy who showed up <laughs> and you saw his like ghost during the kind of the intro? It's grim. <clears throat> According to my rhyme dictionary, it rhymes with room. I would dispute that. But who am I? Who I just just a humble podcaster talking about Doom Patrol season four, episode nine, Immortimus Patrol. This is the full on musical episode. The musical of episode. Oh. Hey. Hey, if you love musicals, you'll love this episode. If you don't like musicals, you got to sit through a whole episode of music. Let's see if our loyal listeners can figure out which one of us falls on which end of that and which one falls on the other. Brief bit of recap here. This is going to get into spoilers. So we have got Isabel Feathers. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name here. But um, Mortis has exploded. Yes, Izzy has exploded... Cloverton and taking everybody into a new reality where every day is a Mortimus, a Christmas style holiday completely devoted to her. That leads to the Doom Patrol all dancing and singing and having a good time until, of course, inevitably the reality starts to break. Specifically, it's Madame Bruges, a.k.a. Laura, who starts to break through first and figure out what's not real. We've already discovered that she has uh, she seems to be the one who can see through what's going on with Amortis's illusions, time skipping, etc. But we also get a lot of emotional things going on here, as not only do we get to see Brendan Fraser in the flesh as Cliff. In flesh and blood. Yeah, but also Matt Bomer once again as yeah. Negative Man, as Larry. So big episode all around Larry. for the cast interacting and dancing with each other. And ultimately, at the end, though, we find out 
that due to them really pissing off Isabel and wanting their normal lives back, per the name of the show, they're all doomed. So there you go. That yep. answers the question we're going to answer at the end of the episode. Who's the most doomed? All of them. I guess we'll see if we come around to that at the end of the episode. Now, let's talk about the musical at all. Can I start on my end? I, th- I think nobody will uh, guess this one. But when I turned on the episode, I didn't know it was a musical episode. I hadn't read anything. And they had that acapella version of the Doom Patrol theme where they're going, doom, 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 doom. And I was like, oh, what a delightful lark to start off the episode like that. And then they immediately got into song, and I was like, oh, sure oh, no, wait, that wasn't just the theme. Oh, my God, it's a musical episode. Oh, it's a whole musical episode. And, Pete, this is a huge revelation for you. I love musical episodes. Oh, my God. Is it? Because I don't think so. I think I know. No, that no, about for you. real. They're one of my absolute favorite things of all time. I love a good musical episode. You sure and do. I'll tell you the other flip side of it, though, is that I get a little trepidatious about a musical episode because I love the conceit of it. But if it doesn't work, if they force it, that's a bummer. If everybody's bad singers, that's a bummer. And if the songs are bad, that's also a bummer. So there's a lot of ways that a musical episode can go wrong. In you my, know what one you're forgetting? Yeah, what? Is uh, uh, a waste of an episode because all mm. you're doing is singing and nothing happens. Right. So we can get back to that. We can put a little pin in that statement because I have some strong thoughts about it, Pete, as somebody who was raised by musical theater, actually raised by musical theater, uh, versus what you like on a Riverdale podcast. So you weren't raised by Riverdale? You were raised by musicals? (laughs) Yes. On a Riverdale podcast, you used to like to say you were raised by Betty and Jughead, which doesn't seem exactly true. I literally felt like you're misquoting me. You're misquoting me. Raised by Bughead. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I uh, the show raised us on Bughead. Yeah. Showed us how great Bughead was. Uh, are we trying us to say lifted us then, up? Lifted yeah. us up, not raised us like reared you from birth. Exactly. Wow, we're really coming to a lot of catharsis here on our Doom Patrol podcast from Riverdale. <laughs> Regardless, musical theater has been in my blood since I was born. I've been listening and going to musical theater. So I'm yeah, absolutely in love with it, but not Cornell before that. When I say I was raised, I'm talking about from birth. Stop winding me up, Matt. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a real flipper. Our usual dynamic. <laughs> the, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the thing about this episode is I think it hit all of those things. I think, for the most part, they're pretty good singers or where everybody got to play in their range, which is important if you don't have great singers. I thought the songs were very fun and very Doom patrol across the board. They were not the best musical theater songs I've heard of all time, but like to use a very recent example of another show that did a musical episode, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which I don't know if you saw that one, but they did a musical episode. Very fun, but... The conceit didn't quite work and the songs weren't great. It was basically powered through by everybody's joy doing the episode, which is fine. I had a great time watching it because everybody was having such a delightful time, but not one of the best musical episodes of all time. This also probably not one of the best musical episodes of all time, but it had so many fun standout moments that oh, lead man, into what they. Doom Patrol is about. Let's just name a couple, right? I mean, let's talk about some of the fun we were having. 
Well, hold on. I, I do want to say one, uh, probably a couple more things here. Let's be honest, because I'm monologuing, so you don't get to your bad stuff, Pete. The uh, so I, I thought across the board this showcased everybody, but this gets to the thing that I wanted to say earlier about what you were saying about a waste of an episode. The essential idea of musical theater is that people have emotions so big they have no choice but to sing. Obviously, here they need to come up with a magical reason for them to sing, which is a mortis forcing them to sing. She comes from musical theater. That's where Isabel Fetters met Rita Farr when they were on stage. They're doing the musical production of Our yep. Town, not the regular Our Town, but the Our Town about Cloverton. So, of yep. course, she's going to do that. That leads into that. But here you're getting all these songs where people really are saying what they're feeling and working through their feelings from this bubbling relationship between Casey and Jane to ultimately Cliff singing with his own robot body at the end, which I thought was genius. Um, so all of that stuff is people coming out and saying the things that they feel like they can't normally say because they're stuck up. Like the the whole Demon Patrol is stuck in their emotions and frustrated with their emotions and coming to these catharses in this way, I thought that was a great way to bring it out. Monologue over, break my heart, Pete. Okay, great. I just, uh, sorry, when you said uh, genius, I almost choked and died. Um, <laughs> Sing about it, it, Pete. <laughs> Sing about it. Get those emotions out through song. Um, yeah, I mean, genius. Having the guy just not put on his uh, suit but then have it next to him was just so genius. Like, oh my god, it was just Brendan. The- you you didn't like Brendan Fraser as Cliff singing to Robot Man. No, because you got two time- Cliffs, Pete. All you like yeah, out of the show is Cliff. That's double the so Cliff. Now I have no Cliffs. Double the Cliff, and one of them is actual Brendan Fraser. How do you get better than that? They t- they should have had a sign that come up and like, Pete, baby, this one's for face. you. No, no. Swirl the martini, cigarette dangling out of the finger. How are they holding the mic? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But they're like, yeah. Pete, baby, this one goes out to you. <laughs> two cliffs. You love two cliffs? Cl- hey, two cliffs. Hey, nothing's better. All right. So, yeah, I mean, great. People singing about their emotions what's not to love uh, yeah it's just uh no, i didn't love that <laughs> yeah because it's awful it's awful is my point that's not um okay yeah so you know i'm happy that you had such a great time that's awesome you know what i mean everybody should get an episode and feel like uh they're on top of the world for a little moment in time yeah I, the problem is Amortis is this huge thing, and at the end of the episode, Amortis is this huge thing, and we haven't gotten a plan of how to fight, we haven't come together at all, people have just stood there or danced there and talked about their emotions, so as far as I'm concerned, waste of a nap, because we still have the same problem and we're still in the same place. Well, here's where I am going to agree with you, Pete, is I am... And there's nothing against the actress, uh, but I'm still not totally sold on Amortis as a villain. And I do think by the end of the episode, we get to see the zombie butts again. So we know that's coming back and that's coming up. So there's still a lot going on here. And it's not completely clear with, hold on, I'm going to get my episode number right, uh, with three episodes to go, I think, in this series, how they're, what this is heading towards. Like, is it, they're going to well, finish it's heading up Amortis? Towards a- 
A butt showdown is what it's going to It's head headed towards, towards a butt showdown. So is Immortus a smaller villain? Is Immortus a minor villain? Or is this all going to get smashed together in some way by the final episode? I think so. I think they're going to need Immortus to battle the butts. Mm, you think Immortus is going to help them against the butts? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It just feels like, and we were talking about this a bit on the last episode, or Justin and I were, that... We don't know how much they knew about the show ending or not. So it makes me a little nervous to be like, yeah, if this is just any other season and mind you, I enjoy Doom Patrol. It's a fun show. But if it's like, yeah, we have this abortus thing and this butts thing, isn't this fun versus whether they meant it or not, there's the pressure of they got to wrap up abortus. They got to wrap up the butts thing. They also have to wrap up the series in a satisfying way. Plus, they've got all the underground stuff with Jane, which we're just really don't even get me started on that shit. You know, they mentioned the underground, but we haven't seen Hammerhead all season, Mm -hmm. and it's breaking my fucking heart. There's a nun with the chainsaw. There's a there is a nun with the chainsaw that we haven't seen. Some of the best characters are being held away from us. Here's what's definitely not going to happen, but I'll throw on you as like an ideal ending, not in terms of emotional catharsis of plot, but in terms of what I think you would like. Everybody escapes from the underground, including Chainsaw Nun, Hammerhead. They all become real and they help them fight the zombie butts. And, and there's three cliffs somehow. Oh, wow. That would be amazing. Um, speaking of cliff, I, I did want to kind of say uh, this was a, you know, Still had some great Cliff moments mm-hmm. when there wasn't singing going on. Like uh, Cliff almost peeing on Vic was fun. You know, like there was some. That was still, a lot of pee. I gotta say, that was. He's a big guy. You know, what he's I mean? a big guy. That was an enormous amount of pee. Regardless, he does have. Particularly I'm sure for it his was age. theatrical pee. As no, you no, know, I think it was Brendan the Fraser. He he's a method actor. Like he gets into his roles. For Encino Man, they had they had him frozen for thousands of years. Stop. Stop. It's true. Encino I lie about that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, also, I would like to All say... I'm saying is he had a very healthy stream for a man his age. Uh, oh, my God. I, I don't even... I'm not going anywhere near that. Uh, uh, but you should One of... Yeah, thank you. One of the other kind if of... If you uh, see a stream that healthy, you stay away from it. You do not get... I would just start clapping and just be like, good for you, man. That is a healthy stream. Look at you go. Um, the other thing that I thought was enjoyable, even though they were singing all around it. And we should mention of, Pete is a uh, urologist. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the, uh, the kind of keeg is, uh, flying around them mm-hmm. like a magical fairy as they kissed at the end of that one song. That was really that was adorable in a lot of ways. So that was, that was nice. Well, and the... The way that everything got transformed to the musical world, I did love that because Keeg was, instead of this weird electrical entity, it was, like you're saying, like a very Tinkerbell thing that hangs yep, out it was. Yeah, with Larry yeah. the entire time, which was a really nice touch. And everybody, mm-hmm. I think, also the cast was all clearly 100% on board with everything that was happening. Like, they were all in it. Which I think yeah. really, really helps a lot. Was your favorite song the Cliff Jerkoff song? Was that your favorite? Um, what was my favorite song? No, my yeah. favorite song was I think the intro song. Actually, just when they got into it, because that was the full cast number. 
You had the sex ghosts come out. I loved having mm-hmm. them as the chorus the entire time. That was so much fun. The so line, much fun. The you feel like you're being sarcastic, Pete. You don't like the sex ghost because you don't like sex and you think it's yucky. Oh my god, no, right? that is no, that's not okay. We'll just move on from there. We won't really delve into that one too much. The you didn't like the delivery on the line, like, "Hey, sex ghost, if you had sex today, you know we did." No, wait, yeah, I Very mean funny. that was. Yeah, I mean that's just dumb talking for setting up songs, but yeah, that was a fun that was line. great. The, the uh, hi, sex ghost. Yeah, just <laughs> you know. That them popping out everywhere to sing every once in a while and remind particularly Laura slash Madame Rouge that it was a musical was very fun. Her, one of the funny moments of the episode, and it was in the trailer, but her going, what the fuck? And then yeah. them coming out and going, what the fuck? Very funny. Perfect. And what other show than Doom Patrol could do that? None. No other shows. Name one so show. Lucky. We're so lucky to name, have it. Name a show. The Wire. I did the, like the kind of ending uh, shot on the like signed eight by ten. That was fun. Yeah, you know the old classic actor. I really didn't like anything. I loved Rita being sucked into it wholeheartedly. I loved them doing the song about friendship. That was very fun as well, particularly given Rita and Laura's continuing relationship. Them straight singing about that, but that kind of being the broken breaking point for Laura, I thought was very interesting. Um, here, I'll throw out a non-singing thing that I thought was interesting in the episode, which I'm going to try to frame this in a way that maybe you'll be okay with instead of getting upset. Now, you know what? I'll ask you and get you upset. Do you think Dorothy is the new Niles? Oh, come on, man. Well, in terms of Dorothy was a child and treated like a child, but actually hundreds of years old, I think we're starting to get the sense in this episode that she is moving into the leadership role that Rita did a poor job with. Yes, Laura somebody needs kind of, to step up, and it's well, and still I think a it's problem. Dorothy. We're how many seasons in, and this is still such a huge problem. It's just frustrating sometimes because it's like Cliff still waffles between being good and bad, and it's just kind of like I, I felt. I feel like we're farther along. We should be farther along as characters a little bit, and it's, so it's a little bit upsetting that like there's still these huge problems. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking from an ivory tower of perfection over here, but I just feel that like, it would be nice to know that like, Hey, you know what? We don't have a leader, but this is how we kind of do things. And this is what works for us. Where it's like, it's still such a shit show. And Cliff still kind of all of a sudden, sometimes he's a really great father and and is on the right track. And then he's a fucking complete asshole. And it just kind of goes back and forth. But I mean, and I mean this sincerely, that's kind of life, right? Like, that's the whole point of Doom Patrol is as much as we move forward as people, as much as we develop and learn things and try to improve ourselves, we still have that essential part of our nature that drags us back to our worst impulses sometimes. You have any experience with that, Pete? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just nice to, you know, have it uh, be a glaring problem in my real life and also the shows that I watch. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it'd be cool if something gave me some hope. Um, You got to watch a show called Teletubbies. Their only problem is where's the sun and what's over that hill? And they saw that every time. Oh, man. I I, I'm not going to even discuss the Teletubbies with you. There's no there's no need. (laughs) Man, there's a lot of stuff that you just do not want to discuss this episode. 
I want to get back to the Dorothy thing, though, that I was saying, because I do think. Well, that's the, what. No, Dorothy she does feel like be somebody. a better leader than Niles. That's what would be. And I think awesome. she will be. I think that's what we're getting a sense of here in terms of her interaction with Vic. She starts off the episode. She starts part of the musical number. She's dancing in her pajamas. It's very cute. It's very fun. But I think by the end of the episode, she is part of the team in more of a way. And she's moved from this problem they needed to deal with to an adjunct of the team to now she's stepping up in a certain way and she's making suggestions and offering things. And I do think we might get by the end of the series, something where this is what I was saying with her as the new Niles is Niles was always a jerk. He was bad. He was bad for them and manipulating them. And I think she knows that and she knows the flaws in what Niles did, but she also respects her father and wants to honor his legacy. And I think I could see a place where she steps up and becomes the leader that they actually need. Well, Well, somebody needs to step the fuck up and it would be great if it would be her. But I do think in a certain sense, even if they knew this was the last episode coming up, Doom Patrol is never going to be like, yeah, let's follow the leader. Let's go be heroes. That's not going to happen. So they're still going to be a jerk to her, but they need somebody that is part of the team who's been through the same things they have which they didn't get from Niles. He was a guy who was prescribing stuff to us, and instead they need somebody who has had their experience, lived through it, and stepped forward emotionally in some way, which I think is Dorothy. So let's let's just kind of go through it here. In a perfect world, in these last three apps, we get yeah. Dorothy stepping up, being the team leader, Vic becoming cyborg again, Cliff deciding not to be a fucking asshole, uh, we get everyone from the underground, above ground, and a part of the team. And we get, uh, you know, Keeg and Larry to f- finally be able to communicate and listen to each other. Yeah, Keeg says, I love you, Larry. Like that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Like, what's his name from Goonies? I love you, Larry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Baby not what he Ruth. says at all. And yeah, that. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. Stop. Says please. that. You just don't want me to talk on this podcast where all I want no, to do is I just talk want to you to not, <laughs> just not make me angry. It would be great. Yeah. If you could just say sentences that didn't uh, uh, make me want to I punch think that's physically impossible for me, <laughs> me to be honest. So. I do think Dorothy is going to step up. I think we're going to see that in some way. And I think we're already starting to get a sense of that. I did want to ask you about Casey because I thought the idea of a relationship between Casey and Jane is very sweet and surprising. I was not necessarily expecting that to pop up here, though we've definitely had hints of Jane exploring her sexuality with the fog in particular. Um, I like how they just jump into it here, but I'm still not 100% sure about Casey. I don't know if she's 100% gelling with the ensemble. Same. Yet. I don't think yeah. she's sane. I, I think there's a little bit of something's not right and I'm not sure what's going on. But it could her, just be because her vibe is different. Her vibe is different. It just could be she she's hasn't been real her whole life and now yeah. it is. You know what I mean? That's could be it. No, I, I know you're sort of joking, but I legitimately think that's what it is. And I think the unfortunate part is there's not enough time left of the show to really figure out what her deal is and what makes her special and interesting. Um I, I wish there was more. I hope there is by the end, but it I don't know. I'm good with everybody else. But versus having a pro like Michelle Gomez coming in and being like, 
yep, I'm Madame Rouge, I'm crazy, here's my deal, and here's my thing, being able to happen to this character. Again, nothing against the actress, but she is, as far as I understand, a relatively new actress, and I think still kind of fighting her footing in the ensemble. So hopefully it happens by the end. Um, it's not quite there yet, but as I do have to ask as the relationship expert on every podcast we do, except for Riverdale, which you're just plain wrong about, the uh, how do you feel about Casey and Jane? Hashtag uh. JC. Hashtag Kane? Uh, well, I don't like this. I like this first one better than the second one. I, I, I think it would be great. You know, um, I, I'm still pulling for, uh, it's hard to kind of really pull for this because I just feel like she's ignoring the underground and I need them. It was such a huge part of the show for so long. The fact that we're just like, yeah, 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 the underground mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and and just her as a character is so frustrating because she's ignoring all these hints and clues. And the whole part where Casey and her were talking about the puzzle, and then she was like, "Yeah, I'm sorting them by colors." Oh, that was that was the... last episode. That was a previous episode. But I understand. Either way, my point being that she's ignoring things along the way that seem very much important, and it would be great if she kind of started dealing with this stuff a little bit. I will give you that. I want something different to be happening with the underground here in terms of we've been to this place before with dragging it out, Jane ignoring the problems, something going on in the underground. So maybe that's why I want them all to rise up and fight the zombie butts just so we get something different. I don't think that would provide emotional catharsis for Jane, but uh, yeah, I want to see. I'm with you in that. I do want to see something different here. Um, Let's let's talk briefly about the resolution of this, where, first of all, I loved – I love the idea of like Laura finding these old videotapes and showing everybody and breaking them out of them, not to get back to Riverdale, but very similar to the thing that happened there in terms of breaking everybody out of their 1950s dream state, though it's, you know, it's a trope. It's a classic. Um, What choice would you make, Pete? Would you stay in a Mortimus land or would you break out into your... Yeah, I want. I want the. I want to be in the real world. You know what I mean. You want to be like, in the real world. I'm not going to eat the red pill, and uh, you know, yes, ignorance is bliss. But red uh, pill. What's that know. a reference to? Is that a reference to another episode of Doom Patrol? Being? You know what it's a reference to. So let's uh, let's not play these little games. It's a reference to the pills I got to take every day. <laughs> oh my god! From my urologist, who is you? Oh boy. I am a podiatrist, you asshole. Keep the bits together. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're just a Duracell battery. All right, Zalbatron, that's it. Uh, so get used to it. What does that mean? Oh, that's is a reference to the episode. Okay. It's a so, reference to the What does that Matrix, have to do with podiatry, was, Pete? Yeah, yeah. We're too, too many bits deep here. We absolutely um, are. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I, I agree with you on that. I really agree. And uh, I'm hoping... That we get a lot in these the last couple of episodes because there's so much stuff up in the air still. That's why it's a little frustrating to get a musical number in the middle of all this because I'm like, yeah, 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 with the singing. We got shit to do here, guys. Well, but I think it did do that shit because it's integrating everybody. We've had Dorothy and Casey were kind of off screen, so it's really bring them into the fold here in a big way. It's pushing forward... Again, the Laura and Rita stuff, just in terms of this new 
detente is the wrong word, but like this understanding that they have between their friendship that still has a lot of friction between it. It's giving us this Casey and Jane relationship, which is new and interesting for Larry. It brings up a boyfriend and like really settles that in a big way um, and moves that forward. And for Cliff, it's coming to an understanding with his robot body, like in coming to an understanding with who he is. So I do think there was actually a lot of forward movement here. And then ultimately at the dinner at the end that they all are together and kind of mm, like 90% on the same page in terms of not wanting a Mortimus, except for Cliff is the one detractor, right? He's like, no, please leave me in my human body. I think that's bringing them together and that's bringing them together to face Amortis to face uh, ultimately these zombie butts as well. It's getting us very slowly to this place we want them to be. We'll just see if it actually wraps up in the three episodes or not. I do love Mohinder and Larry together, though. They are nice. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on the episode, things I missed, or did you just be like, songs, nope, I'm out? Yep. Great, great. Glad to hear it. All right. Uh, well, why don't we wrap up here then and talk about who's the most doomed to the episode? I know I said they're all doomed at the beginning, but do you agree, Pete? Or is there one specific character that is the most doomed? I'm hoping the sex ghosts are doomed, you know, because uh, they were a fun addition. But uh, like I said, there's too much to deal with, and I hope we don't see them again unless it's for a fun, hilarious callback. Uh, or somehow they can fight uh, butts because otherwise, I, I, you know, we got to stay focused and wrap it up. Yeah. As a urologist, isn't that your tagline? We got to stay focused and fight butts. <laughs> because you're focused on the other stuff. Oh, my God. You're like, forget about that back stuff. What? I want the front stuff. Right, oh Pete? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who do you think, think is most doomed, Alex? <laughs> oh, great question, Pete. Us? Uh, uh, definitely our relationship after this podcast. <laughs> I am going to throw it out. God, I'm a little torn. I'm definitely still on the Madame Rouge. Laura is going to have to make some sort of sacrifice by the end to redeem herself Ooh. type thing. Like, it just still feels to me like she's the one that's breaking out. She's the key to beating Amortis and to prove once and for all to Rita that they are on the level. I, I think yeah, I, that's another thing. It's like their friendship is so awesome when it's happening, but it's this, will they, won't they be friends is, uh, is killing me. You know yeah. I mean? Have you ever experienced that before though? Two friends that like really great on each other, but still get back together and still keep doing things together. But at the same time, like you're like, Oh, there's a tension there. They just keep like needling at each other about stuff. Have you ever no, experienced yeah. that Pete? No, no, nothing about that clicks for nothing me at somewhere. all. Mm. Especially with the way you're holding your hands in rage. You know what I mean? And the yeah, shaking and the... Uh, yeah. yeah, the red face and the sl slobbering at the lips. The other one that I wanted to throw out there, though, is Cliff. Just because, like... Man, he's, he's really he, pushing against it, though. He is! I mean, this episode made me so mad at him. The fact that, like, he was like, yeah, yeah, do it. I'm doing this for some dumb reason that I convinced myself that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it is all of them. Maybe they are all going to die. Thelma and Louise style at the end of the series. We'll definitely be there all the way through. 
If in the meantime, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. If that's how the show ends and you called it. If they all go over a cliff together. Oh, my God. I'll go over a cliff, cliff steel together. <laughs> Where was I? Comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more. And until next time, we didn't get to do this the first two episodes. Let's end this with a Pete of advice. From Pete LePage. Take it away, Pete. Oh, What's wow. your Pete You're of completely, advice? Uh, completely surprised. Uh, listen, uh, life is hard, okay? It's uh, it's really hard. Um, find something for yourself, you know, just something that is just for you. And, uh, you know, try to enjoy and hold on to that as much as you can. And hopefully nobody ruins it for you. You know what I mean? Especially some of your closest friends who are supposed to love and care about you. You know, they're going to, you know, people are human. Uh, But I just try to hold on to your light as much as you can against all the winds, against all the haters. And you just keep being you because we need you. All right. We don't need haters. We don't need assholes. We need you to survive. Wow, that was a great advice. And just on the people are human bent, I would just add that Thundercats are both human and cats. That's the best of both worlds. You know, (laughs) it's something we all can strive to be. You're the snarf of our podcast, Zalvin. Oh, thanks, man. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.